0: A Christian mind is not one that is trained to think only about Christian topics. It is a mind that has learned to think about
1: everything from a Christian perspective. Christianity provides a comprehensive view of the world. Christianity is a worldview. Worldviews are the grids. They are the lenses. Through which we frame all of reality Yo guys, welcome to the Black Bria podcast um, We're podcasting in quarantine um, So no one's in the studio with me But I'm here, Kingsley, and I'm alongside Gabby and Mary How are you guys doing?
2: I'm I, good guys
0: I am also good um, Yeah, I'm good I've got, This like, is weird You know like when you start to go crazy in quarantine My energy is very wild, like I don't know um, cabin fever is set in so i apologize in advance for all the wild things um a-
2: are you alone gabby
0: currently yes yeah yeah so for the record i live alone my friend moved in for a bit and we did girl gang for a bit but she had to go back home so i've been flying solo since monday and i've gone mad already uh, it's over it's finished and i've gone
2: sorry babe Kingsley, how are you managing
1: yeah, well, actually, opposite, actually. I'm really enjoying this quarantine period. Um, <laughs> <apart> from...
2: <laughs> every, day, every day, other, other,
0: other um, dynamics. Go on.
1: <laughs> um, now you know what? it's Apart from the obvious kind of like you can't go out when you want to and you can't see people in the same way, um, quarantine's actually been really good for me in respect of, like, having time to spend with family, like, just proper yeah. quality time. Um, and I think that, that's probably a bit different with Gabby sort of living... Herself slash living with one person. I'm actually living at home at the minute, so I'm seeing my family almost more than I would normally see them because of our various routines. So that's been good. Um, and I've been enjoying cooking, like, I'm like, beca- I've it? become a bit Definitely. of a, a, what can a you do? please. What can you do?
2: Yeah, yeah you was cooking before yeah. we uh, started episodes. So what, what did you cook?
1: What for? So, I made family dinner today. So, I you guys have probably okay. been so I just made it. What time raffianos? is it? You've already cooked. Yeah, efficiency. I don't want to be cooking at like seven, it's eight four, o'clock. So four
0: forty, and you've already done evening dinner, locked off. Like this is very yeah,
1: like, and, and they're gonna eat. Everyone's gonna eat around five ish, and then that's okay. that's dinner done and dusted. But yeah, I made spinaci, which is the Vapiano dish. Well, even like a couple of like days ago, I made oh. acia fish for the first time, which isn't like true Isn't tricky, but <laughs> it was fantastic. Like um, Listen, we're gonna do multicultural um, yeah. kitchen in quarantine. Where
2: you grabbing these? <laughs> Where are you grabbing these ingredients? Why are you grabbing these ingredients? Where are you grabbing these ingredients from? Because I found cooking like just dealing with like not always having the ingredients like freestyling. So I've I've enjoyed like right. the creativity I've had now with cooking because you don't always get everything.
1: Yeah, I guess I guess where I'm like situated, we're quite fortunate that a lot of like supermarkets and things are really close by. As in, like I can walk for maybe um less than a minute, and I'm in a place where there's maybe four or five different shops um so we've mm. not really struggled on that front in terms of ingredients and my dad's an nhs worker as well so he gets priority access um okay so, that, and so you're sending yeah, him to the shop with your list not really had any <laughs> pardon and you're sending him to the shop with your list because you need to make a his salt fish in my defense my dad ate that meal so um he was mm. very happy that's what, what i was about to say oh, as well yeah, I'm cooking for the family in it, so it's the
2: way it is. Yeah, go on. I'm with Kingsley as well. Like, I've I've actually enjoyed this period of quarantine. Of course, it's annoying, like not being able to go out. And then when you do go out, there's like that anxious, anxiousness you feel because you're thinking, "Is this the day I'm gonna catch it?" But apart from that, like mm. I spent so much more time with my family, um, catching up with people just generally, like you know, messaging someone randomly that you haven't spoken a minute and being like, oh, "I hope you're cool." Yeah, like, I've had a lot of catch up, great conversations as well. Had like a quiz that I did earlier with a bunch of my family, so yeah, I think we've just been given a great opportunity to really catch up with people that you might not always have this touch times with. So I'm I'm, I'm loving win. it so far. Did you win what the quiz?
1: Did you win the quiz? No, so I
2: did. I actually did the quiz.
1: So oh, I did. The, okay. Yeah.
2: So I, yeah. So but yeah, the it was fun, and I probably would never do that on a on a weekend. So I'm always mm. quite busy. So it's it's kind of made me. It's almost like grounded me and made me have to spend more time doing stuff that I might not always have the time to do.
0: Lucky you, man.
2: <laughs> Sorry, Gabby. Gabby, are you yeah, no, me, man? I'm actually listening, like, on you. Gabby, come to East London, man. Wait, do what? That's what East
0: London <laughs> Corona. <So> thank you. <laughs> okay.
2: East were, temp- were you tempted to go move, in, move at home? or Actually, you said that. They, yeah, not they were... really. Home is
0: Manchester to
2: now pack up my life
0: and do right and I actually don't have a bedroom at home anymore so when I'm going home to sleep on the sofa for the next 300 years of Boris Johnson
2: I'm
0: really okay let me do quarantine in my own flat in Brixton (laughs) I think um I think because by virtue of my job being a peopley job yeah
1: yeah yeah
0: there's, there's no there's no there's no day that I get to the end of there's always someone else to call. There's also some there's always someone else to text, or so, always someone to check in in with. Um this might be I'm gonna take a left to real early. I do think, yeah, us not gathering as the church has had real effects on people. Yeah. The church is a means of grace. Mm. We're isolated, we're not under God's word preached as together regularly. Satan is low-key out here whiling and we're isolated and vulnerable, so pastoral stuff everywhere, just keeping up with people and um, yeah, in terms of pastorally caring for people by virtue of the kind of work that I do, yeah, it's doubled. The work is doubled. It's doubled. Um, so we're trusting the Lord for. So do you? Grace, sorry, one.
1: Can I jump in and just ask? So in terms of um, it might be a bit self evident, but in terms of the challenges that you you find people are experiencing when you're having these conversations, yeah. what are they? Could you yeah. like tell us a bit more about? um them?
0: Well, the, what I think basically all the kind of issues. Um, Sometimes it's presenting new issues, but I think basically the isolation just means any um, underlying struggles. I've just got time to be intensified and accentuated. So if you and your babes are having low-key annoying each other, well, now you're in the house and annoyance is happening. <laughs> Rather than happening in the evening when you went to work, now you're annoyed and now your kids are there. Um, yeah. And they're annoying. Kids are annoying. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah. So all mild annoyances can just escalate really quickly. Um, yeah, if you under any underlying issues, I think have just become intensified. I don't think I'm in a situation in any situations where like it was a non-issue and now it's an issue. But before, right. um, it's just yeah, the same issue has now just got more airtime, and and yeah, and the means the means of grace, which are a means of grace, have been restricted, um, and so yeah, so yeah, we're isolated, and we know Christians uh, we need community, we need each other, um, and so in that isolation, it's just it's harder to fight sin. And so yeah, pastorally, it's been there's a lot. Yeah, I'm rambling.
1: Go on. What truth? On. What truth has been something that you're sort of? What truth is something that you've been passing on to believers as you're having this conversation? Like, what's, what's mm. been particularly a helpful meditation? I'm or to put
0: me on. Put me on the job. Just, like, this is your job. Um. Yeah, uh, God is sanctifying us. God is pruning us. Um, yeah, and pruning is painful. Um, but God is present Mm. in that God is very present God is very sovereign Um, obviously different situations will have different kind of um, responses but in in a general in a general sense that like um, know that even though isolated it's not this is not happening outside of God's eye line or outside of God's eye kind of view God is very present in your house uh, in your zoom work conference whatever um god is very present and he is he's present in the sanctification it's not that he's just left you out here to the dogs and said isolate and fend for yourself No, like, he's present he's sovereign over this he knew he knew when it was going to hit he knew how it was going to hit and um, he knew who he'd be living with flatmates or partners or parents etc and so yeah he's very present and he has an intention for this it's not wasted time it's not like yeah it's not carnage um yeah, this is opportunity for you to come out. Everyone's trying to come up with a side hustle. Some of us are trying to come out a bit, two percent more godly.
2: Productivity gang.
0: Oh, everyday productivity. And I hear them, man. Do your thing, collect points. I'm not mad, but some of us are just trying to leave this place without having to tore the place apart and trying to be more godly. Trying to see God in the details of even in this same four walls that we have to stay in. Um, yeah, I don't know stuff like that. Maybe.
2: So,
1: a good, a good word, a good word from Gabby. Um, I'll be sending around the offering then. basket.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Mary, Mary, you might want to like take first dibs at this, but um, that's that's a recurring issue. This idea of productivity and how we spend our time. Mm-hmm. And, um, what are your What are your thoughts around that? How have you been trying to navigate the increased time or free time that you might have, or do you even have free time? I don't know. Have Have things actually? been different for you have you become more busy as um quarantine has forced us indoors
2: so a bit of both like i think there's i think initially when it happened um i was very busy just working on different things um and trying to ensure that this new world we were in that we had I'd almost put stuff like processing it in for it Like, for example, like with my church and being like in the media department, Mm. moving to like online services was very, very new for us. It was like, wow, like having to move quite quickly was very busy and then work and adjusting to that. Um, That was, that was very, very busy. Um, And, but then, but then there's some periods where like, I think for me, I work from home quite a bit and it's great. But then there'll be some times where work from home is finished, but I'm still at home and it was like, what do I do now? And just trying to be very disciplined with what I do in my day. So almost trying Mm. to have... Because I think for me, when you have more time, the Mm. opportunities and the temptations for sin are are a lot more apparent. Like, Mm. if you go out and you go to church or you go out with your friend, that period of um, falling into some sort of temptation is is almost gone because you're out with your friends. But when you're at home, like just the opportunities you have to do whatever, um, as much as it's great for productivity, gang, it can actually be quite like dangerous if you if you're not being very intentional. Um, mm. So just mm. so I think for me, just trying to be setting goals. So that was quite helpful. Me, was, me and a couple of my friends like set goals. Like, what do you want to do in this period? And then yeah, like generally trying to oh, day by day. Are there any,
1: sorry to interrupt you. Are there any that you're willing to share with us?
2: Yeah, sure. Like, like there was a bunch of books that I've been saying that I've been <sighs> I've been meaning to finish for like time. So Just yeah, trying to read some more books. Trying to pray more. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always mm-hmm. that's always been an area that I've always wanted to growing, and now knowing that if I wanted to, I after work is done, I can spend time praying, um, and then little things like um, I've got a piano downstairs, so oh. maybe learning something, uh, exercising okay. as well. Like so, just the little things. That I thought, let, let me actually note this down, and so I know my friends can ask me, like, how's that going? How's that going? Mm-hmm. Um, what about you, Kingsley? Have, what have you? How how can we or how should we use our time? In this period like what things like are working for your mind when you think
1: of that um wow it's, it's a it's a different feeling not asking the question um <laughs> i think i think one of the on. thoughts that i have um and it's it's probably because a lot of us when we're thinking about this period of time we think about you know so productivity what can i do to improve what can i do to do x and x and x and i think that's that's some of it is a coming from a, a certainly a christian place um uh others of it is coming from an underlying i think a capitalistic tendency in our society where we value ourselves and we value others on the, on the basis of what they can produce and what their output is mm. um and i think in this I'm period cooking. of time one of the things that i've been actually been been, been, been <laughs> i've been trying to do um is actually and there's two things one is learning to rest um the scripture Scripture says you know he, he he gives to his he gives to his beloved sleep like um and i think i think in terms of um our sort of like hustle and bustle of our lives often the fact that we push ourselves to exha- exhaustion over and over again isn't evidence that we're necessarily trying to be as productive as possible for good reasons but it can be evidence at times that we don't trust that god is sovereign in respect of using the allotted time in the day to work and then using the allotted time in the day to rest, we think if we don't do everything in one day, then we're going to find that things won't pan out as they they ought to. But I think mm-hmm. I think this very period is teaching us the opposite, right? Um, we're not going, we're not going into the office. Some people aren't working, and lo and behold, God is still <laughs> very able to allow the world to keep spinning, to keep turning. Um, and so I think that has been a reflection for me to sort of like take that step back to learn to rest. And then the other, mm. the other is actually just learning to, 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 to be more um, reflective in the moments that I have. One of the, the one of the big challenges, again, twenty first century life is just being still, like being mm. still. Um, the scriptures often, I mean, the psalmist he does it so often. Talks he, he talks in language that communicates to you that he's, he's reflecting. He's sitting. He's bringing to remembrance things, and all of these things are very hard to do unless very you do all I'm kinds Exactly, Exactly. right? Exactly. Precisely. And so I think in in this period, one of the things I've been trying to do is to be very intentional with using those moments where almost you're you're kind of like aware, you're acutely aware of the fact that, oh, I'm alone and there isn't something immediately that I need to tend to, to think, how can I use this moment of time um, for a a useful spiritual reflection? Uh, So that's been like things that I think people should have have permeating their minds as well um, mm-hmm. and then one thing that's been like constant in my mind um, and i'll stop here on this point but it's um <clears throat> there's so much economic uncertainty isn't there there's so much like there's so much like we don't know what's going to happen there's so much like concerns um people are being made redundant people are being furloughed um, and I, I listened to a podcast a while ago by the the, the perrys and i think jackie hill mentioned mm. she said um we've we've always we've we've always been needy but we we feel yeah. it more now and i think that's a, a resounding truth but annexed to that is this sense of again provision most of us think and we, we don't say this with our lips but our actions kind of demonstrate most of us think we we provide for ourselves, right? We, we, we're the ones who make the money. And it's evident in the fact that often, apart from when we're looking for a new job, how often do we pray that God provide for me for today? Like that kind of language. And there's a, there's a, passage in the book of deuteronomy that says you know god gives us the power to create wealth and i think in the midst of sort of the economic uncertainty i don't know what's going to happen necessarily with like redundancies and things like that happening or friends who are like contractors thinking okay my contract's ended what's going to happen it's very much that sense that actually the economy and how it works um is just a conduit by which god facilitates our provision he uses those means but those aren't the things that provide for us it's god who provides for us and that sort of meditation has been something that's been helpful for me to sort of handle the kind of anxiety that comes with i'm not actually in control what's happening here is to remember that god is control god is in control and he provides for his children Mm. amen Mm.
2: that was a word that was a word and and i'm even i I think for me like you because i was supposed to go edinburgh like two weeks ago I have friends who would, who would planned holidays. I've got mm-hmm. friends who had weddings and all of these things have been like disrupted. And I think it was just another reminder of like our times are in God's hands. Like it's, it's God that, that um, allows things to be. And, mm-hmm. and it's, and as, as King's as King noted, like just the fact that it, it drives us to look to him. Like I've, I've had so many more motivations to pray so many more things. I've just made me think of like taking this to God, because I know that my tomorrow isn't promised. Like if I hear that, a friend of mine is is unwell. I know that I have to run to God. So there's just so many, mm. so many things during this period, and that's why you know, one way, one sense you can say it's a blessing because it, it has really provided the saints to be, be on their needs constantly because mm. we know that we need to come to God with with, with everything.
0: Yeah, I think it, it's definitely been a very humbling time, like very humbling. That idea that like yeah, you make plans, you say oh yeah, I brought my 2020 diary, plan to pack it out. I've got plans going up all the way until the end of the year. And you really think that that's that's how your life's gonna go? And the Lord said, "I hold tomorrow. You don't know what's happening tomorrow. I hold tomorrow." And very yeah. humbling. Uh, many other plans in a man's in a man's heart, but it's the Lord who kind of directs his path, and that's been made self-evident. Um, very humbling in terms of kind of coming to face-to-face with human fragility. Like, you know, we're, we're especially this part of the world, we've got a lot of narrative that we're developed and we, you know, have institutions and organisations. But the reality of being so fragile, uh, so vulnerable, um, very humbling, all very humbling things. Um, And I think I've been really challenged, even though by virtue of my job, but I think I've been really challenged to, um, because I think in in these kind of situations, it's, it's, um, it's been a real reminder of, like, people who, this is the norm for them. So I've been thinking, I think it's really given me a, a real, like, a moment for a pause and reflection about kind of friends that have had babies and, like, it's, it's normal to kind of mm. not go outside for two or three days, to only go outside to go to the shops. Um, mm, or point. people that are older and kind of um, housebound, and you hear it all the time, like, the loneliness epidemic in the UK, um, people that are living alone and, like, yeah, the only interaction on a day-to-day kind of experiences with someone at the shop or the postman or stuff like that and then to, to now be inside and like yeah only going going out going out once a day or um having very minimal interactions especially living alone it's like wow this has been some people's every day for a long time and i'm um, obviously you know it's a bit deep i never really deeped it like that um and i've had to really reflect about how how mindful i am of, of those people in my congregation in my social circle um i've got friends that are doing quarantine a single parent i'm like some people wow. this is like this this kind of um the lack of that like, human interaction has been some people's normal for a while and this has been a real time to empathize with that and and then think about what would i yeah how might i love them better going forward hopefully god willing this thing is done mm.
2: how um, do you found mate. time for like fellowship because i know obviously the benefits of being in the local church allows us to like catch up mm. and each other accountable and encourage each other in the walk but during this period like how have you guys is it things that you've done specifically to to maintain f- fellowship or mm. how how have you guys tried to to, to be encouraged by the saints mm. on on your on your walks mm.
1: anyone can <laughs> answer that um, um i'm i'm laughing because um one of my boys called me a couple of days ago shout out to me um he just called me Man, I, like I, my my instant reply, well my instant response was to press the red button and, and, t- <laughs> and text him. <laughs> and, You're really right. I,
0: you
1: <laughs> <laughs> I never not even text him like yo, what's good? I text him like why are you calling me what's wrong? <laughs> <laughs> you want? Have wrong <laughs> it's Literally, literally. So I think I think that has been um a unique challenge. But I think one of the things that I've I've done and I a friend as we've, we've been in it for a few days now, hopefully it will carry on into the next few weeks. Um, I'm having regular prayer calls with one of my boys. Um, so just early, early in the morning, we just like wake up and we, um, not every day, but quite regularly, every couple of days, um, share with each other. Um, prayer requests for one another for family and so on and we just like pray for one another in that moment and that's that's been something that again quarantine has afforded because we're we have the opportunity now time-wise to do that and that's been really encouraging mm-hmm. for me actually um one of the th- things that came out of gabby's thought to me actually and i think it's sort of changed the nature of how i'm thinking about things is the nature of this this epidemic that we're facing is such that it's not simply about the health of um, myself and my family, but actually the health of my neighbour has an indirect mm. effect potentially on my health, right? Um, so mm. if if my neighbour now catches the coronavirus, I have to be concerned about that. Um, because in one sense, if I'm thinking selfish, I have to be concerned about that because I can catch it. I can become sick. And even if they're not like too sick about it, they're not too sick and they recover. If I catch it, I might be really sick. And, you know, the worst things can happen. Now I say that to say spiritually, I think looking at that with a spiritual lens has been helpful because when you look at the nature of the body, it's very easy in our society to be very individualistic. But actually, one of the things that we should be looking at is the health of each individual member of the body has a an effect on the rest of the body right so if if say so mary's part of my local body if mary is not doing well spiritually that has an effect on the rest of the body and sometimes mm. we we don't think of it we don't think of it sort of like clearly in our minds um because we can be quite individualistic but that's actually how i think the lord wants us to think of it um and so in this period of time one of the things i've been trying to do um is to reach out and again this is kind of what mary was saying re- to reach out to people who Not necessarily, I I think, are like struggling or or, the like, but people who I just don't really talk to. Um, And just like sending, like, yeah, like sending messages to have that communication, to have that chat. Because I'm conscious even more in this period of time of of how like these challenges might have an effect that has an effect on that person and how that effect Mm -hmm. might have a wider effect on the wider church. That's been Mm -hmm. a useful thing for me. What about you, Gabby?
0: I think fellowship, it's actually been a real blessing. As much as I'm a, a classic extrovert and quarantine is not built for me, there are definitely, definitely, definitely blessings. And fellowship has been one of them. And so like um, just great times on Zoom call, praying together. A lot of my friends and family kind of, um, sorry, a lot of my kind of friends and church family don't have, including me, like um, a lot of our family are not believers. And so it's been a really interesting time to be confronted with the reality that, oh, um, this person in family is not a believer. And this virus is going around, and then you think well, obviously we, we all know the worst could happen on any day, but we just confronted again with the, with our own human fragility and being like, um, yeah, kind of renewed in gospel vigor, um, especially towards family and praying that free with other with church family has been a real, real, real blessing. Um, yeah, I, I think in terms of fellowship, um, it's so interesting because obviously we have we all have our friends and our natural social circles in church and and then but then to think specifically about um the people that are on the periphery of the life of the church um who don't have a very um yeah or haven't been in church long enough or regularly enough to kind of have a set gang who call them um or set gang who will check in on them to be particularly mindful of those people um has just led to, yeah, conversations with people that, um, maybe I would, I would have been talking to kind of here and there welcoming and stuff, but maybe not had like significant in-depth conversations with, to really pursue those people and, and calling regularly. Um, and then you realise that c- because I've not been coming to church for that long or not really that, not like settled in the life of the church, not a lot of people at church have their number. And so you're thinking actually, um, yeah, being in regular contact is a real blessing for them and for me. Um, but yeah, I think technology has uh, been a real blessing. Zoom, as much as I'm done with screens, I'm legit ready to throw my phone in the bin. I'm ready. I'm done with screens. As much as that's very much the case. Um, <laughs> we thank God for Zoom. We thank God for FaceTime. We thank God for WhatsApp. Even though anyone knows me, knows I don't text back. I'm working on it. I'm sorry. I apologize. The Lord Amen. is saying like Amen. Improving. I'm improving small. Some people will disagree with you drastically. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: I see him Man, in the comments. <laughs> so a question I have for you guys um, before we sort of transition onto our next topic um, is just distilling this period um, into one sort of salient point. Um, what is one thing that God has taught you through qu- quarantine? You can make it a one sentence, one paragraph, but one thing that God has taught you during quarantine.
2: Um, how much I desperately need him. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was it. You said no. one sentence. I tried to make it as brief as I can. Do you want me to expand? <laughs> yeah, please. Please. I'm oh, sorry. I thought it was just one sentence. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it was just, it was like little things um, experiencing like death of a few members mm. in um. my local church and family, like people who very, very close to me who are seriously unwell. Mm. And I think for me personally, I'm like such a fixer. And I think there's a bit of me that, Believes that I'm self-sufficient, and not even being able to like visit people because of the lockdown, and mm. and not even being able to like see people face to face, and all I could do was run to God, like just say like God, please, mm. and but and that was like apparent every single day, like waking up, knowing that only God can rectify a situation, and then being reminded that He's a good God, He's loving, um, He loves us, uh, uh, and He gave His His Son for us. And just and knowing that is like a confidence and an assurance I can have, come what may. He's he's always good. Um, so yeah, I think during that period I'm I'm learning that um, every day, and I'm, I'm grateful that that the Lord is teaching me that because yeah, I, I, it's it's a truth that believers should should know, um, but I don't think we always feel it. And, I, and I'm grateful that the Lord is is really stripping things away in my life so that I would know that he's all I all I need, um, mm. and that I should I should always run to him for everything.
0: Amen. Can I copy and paste my answer? That that <laughs> Amen. Amen. All my co-signs. All my co-signs. Um, I think apart from that, that is definitely number one. I'm trying to think of something else. Number two. Um, I think the Lord's really teaching me what it is to delight in him. Um am going to sound mad. A lot of things that I delight in, I can't do. <laughs> um, I'm really keeping... a lot of things that I like give me like and I'm a small joys kind of babe like I I definitely enjoy like small pleasures um so it's not some extravagant list but there's little things that I just enjoy that that I now can't do places that I go in where I like to get my coffee from the gang that I like to see my structure I'm really like out and about rare, rare, rare. um and but then okay yeah I'm having time I'm really wanting to commit time to kind of extended reading and praying, like taking joy in the Lord has been—he has been sufficient in that. Um, it has been a joy. There has been joyfulness in walking with Him, in giving my time to Him, in praying before I make six hundred. I'm joking. Two phone calls, in um, in praying after I make the two phone calls, in having time to read. Like, um, there's been many things that I've taken joy in, but having time now, where like that He where. He's kind of cleaned off everything else and said, I'm your joy. And it has been like, no, you actually are. You are. I can't. is joy. There is joy in walking with you. And hopefully, like, that's obviously it's embarrassing that you needed to quarantine to learn that lesson. Um, but, yeah, it's been joy. As much as, yeah, I'm low-key going crazy. It's been a joyful, it's been a joyful time. Um, yeah, just enjoying walking with the Lord in the details of the day. It's been a real blessing. Mm.
2: Kingsley, what about you? Oh deep sigh <laughs> no,
1: yeah there was, a bit, it that was a bit of a, nah uh, i'm i'm trying to think you know i think i think the honest, honest reflection is um uh, as an introvert i like enjoy my own company and you guys know that etc cetera, etc cetera. um but during this period i've i've, I've massively missed um like my church family, my friends, my, my friend's children, like I've massively missed them. Like, I, and it, it's it's brought home to me how much I love these people that fill up my life. Um, and I say that to say, I think the thing that God has taught me through this then is if me with all of my sin can have this sort of depth and breadth and width of love for um, the people who God in his providence has brought into my life, how much more does God love those who make up his church? Um, and I think that's been something that's just been sort of a helpful thing to to reflect on about that God really loves his people um, and, and mm-hmm. seeing that in a different light. And I guess one of the things that uh, comes to mind at this moment is a quote by, uh, <laughs> I think it's Jihadis Voss, which I heard from Ligger Duncan on the, the T4G um, latest conference where he speaks about the fact that the Christian can be confident that God's love will never stop towards them because God's love towards them never began. It was before the foundation. It's, it's an eternal love. And I think that's something that's been um something that is, is, it's like is permeating, that. <laughs> permeating my heart more. And I think that's been, yeah, a really good reality. Speaking of God and his good gifts, though. Um, one of one of the gifts that God gives to us is work and it's the means by which we can sort of make money. You know, that passage I spoke about earlier, God gives us the 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 means to create wealth. And there was a recent sort of sort of conversation that happened on social media. You guys respect the transition there. Please respect it. Like I I did something there. Yeah, I like what
0: you did there. The bag. I like that. I like that. Put it in the bin. (laughs) (laughs)
1: but um there was yeah there was a conversation that took place on social media which was sparked by a young woman um who 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 put an article on media i think her name is jasmine taylor 27 year old woman who works in tech and she basically said um or let everyone know that so she's earning cumulative amongst her two jobs i believe it is 130 pounds one hundred and thirty thousand pounds a year um, and there was sort of a big controversy that came out of the article around um how she had spoken about it whether she was being boastful um, how people should think about salaries um and she made some other comments and people Um, made positive comments towards her about the good that was coming from what she was trying to do in terms of teaching people how to get into her industry and vice versa and i think that's a good sort of springboard for us to 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 talk generally about money about being those who give so question i have for you guys you read the article what were your or read around the subject what were your immediate thoughts when you (laughs) when you saw this unfolding um
2: so yeah i saw i saw like I saw 130k, 150k kind of like jumping all over Twitter and then a couple of people like maybe like eight or nine people shared the article with me and I, and I and I read it and um I think for me as someone who loves um black women and champions them in and everywhere I can I think it was like encouraging to see like a successful black woman who through hard work had attained this level of of income and I think she was, I think the sense and the tone in which she was writing seemed to suggest that she was actually trying to encourage people um, to say that, like, yeah, you, you can earn just as much as me um, if you desire to get into tech. I know there's always been a push for um, to get women into tech, into STEM. So I was like, yeah, this is, this is cool. Like I, I, I thought it was, it was really good. I think the sharing of the salary, I think, was more of a, let me see if I can, you know, rouse you guys up to be motivated and and i'm 27 i'm young but i'm earning this much i'm earning three four five times more than the average um but i i saw i saw the backlash and i got to get people's perspectives of just where the wisdom in in sharing this salary is whether it's cringe whether she was boasting whether she was showing off um i generally think that she her desire is to show people that she is successful and almost a uh, look at me but with the aim of actually trying to motivate black people to work hard and, and attain the, the same level of income. Those were like my initial thoughts. Hmm. Gabby? I'm with it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Mary is much more gracious and godly than I am. First of all, I saw this chat on the timeline and my instinct was, I actually uh, scroll. I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. Loki, I'm like, it's not my business. Do I know her? <laughs> uh, are we cousins? Does she owe me my like? <laughs> actually, part of me is very, I'm not interested, first of all. I think, um, after hearing Mary's comments, I think, I don't actually have an issue with her saying her salary number. Um, I don't have an issue with that. I do think it's helpful. I think a lot of the kind of backgrounds some of us are coming from, we weren't around people that were in certain kind of industries. And so it's helpful for us to know like, what, okay, what are the salaries that are actually Options to people, what kind of um, salaries might you expect in certain industries, and it's I find that kind of transparency. I think that's probably a helpful thing. Obviously, you can do that with wild energy or with just informative energy. That's so her mm-hmm. actually saying her number. I don't have an issue with. In preparation for this conversation, Mary sent me the article because I hadn't read it because I don't care. I don't, know, I don't know. okay I <laughs> it, but not too much. <laughs> um, uh, and I got about seven lines down before I had to just put my phone. I say, what, what, what is going on? What's going on here? I don't know her, so let me relax. <laughs> I don't know. Her. Please at me on the socials. I'm, I'm, really <laughs> I'm, I'm not really involved, but however, I only started to attract more money after spiritual awakening. I already have an issue. I have many, and then I carry on reading. God did this. God, I got closer to God and left the matrix, um, and the finances opportunities came. I have a problem with that narrative. I don't even get any far any further. I'm not in the STEM world. Um, these are not my numbers that I have an issue with. The, the idea that like she became a Christian or has some spiritual awakening and a part of that spiritual maturity was doubling, tripling her numbers. I'm tired. I don't have anything to agree. say. I I agree with that sentiment. Just no, no. Um, I think it's actually quite it's interesting. I was there was, someone was um. Yeah, I was talking about this with someone at church. That energy can be quite elitist. Um, ironically, obviously, let me just put my caveats. We're here for black women. We're here for black women stacking everybody's bag, including their own and everybody else's. Amen, amen. But that, that language that can be quite elitist. The idea that like um, the that the reality of having God in your life meant that your numbers doubled, tripled. So what does that mean for the Christian bin man? Is he, it can have prosperity energy about it. Yeah. What does that mean? For for most Christians in terms of ch- in terms of the, ch- the history of the church, your dad was a uh, a builder, your granddad was a builder, you are a builder, and your son will be a builder. Um the kind of idea that like if that kind of God's present and therefore if you if you've had a real spiritual awakening, you God will reveal to you the ways to make excess cash of what your fourth hundredth stream of income should be. Can we let that rest and Loki key die? That's my energy. Okay, it's
2: Brother Kingsley. What, what what was your first impressions after reading this article?
0: It's locked off the conversation, <laughs> but I'm glad
1: <laughs> No. Um Gabby, very, very, very passionate. Um <laughs> Very <laughs> passionate. <laughs> admittedly.
0: I'm sorry, I'm, I'm i I'm having an extrovert <laughs> in common key, so I've got a lot of energy. Like, I have got a lot
1: of energy. <laughs> um yeah, I, th- I think many of the, the same and similar sentiments um, in respect of, um, I think it's a wonderful thing when someone has the opportunity to, um, who've, who's climbed the ladder and is putting the ladder down. And I think that's what um, the article uh, was, was 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 speaking to. Um, perhaps there were better ways of doing it. And I think maybe the bigger issue wasn't even so much the article, but was perhaps the subsequent Um, back and forth that she had on the timeline with people who were making comments about her and her responding um obviously um I think it's a it's a hard thing to do on social media when you have people speaking from various aspects people you don't know necessarily and responding to that you can it it can be quite a challenge and I think she spoke about that on another podcast um but yeah I'm 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 here I'm here for the the yeah the helping others to take in your opportunities um I'm someone who I think we should be like I think so. We're moving this out a bit broader. I think we should be quite transparent with our money, um, mm. how much we earn. Um, but I think there's a context in which that transparency should happen, and it should be in the context mm. of relationship, right? So yes. um, if someone asks me on like on my Twitter page, "Yo, Kingsley, how much do you earn?" They're just not going to get a reply there. Um, but if if because it, primarily because one that like if that person's a stranger to me. Or two, that's not information that the wider world needs to know. Now, if we're in the context of relationship, whether it's a friend, family, someone from church, and the depth of those relationships in, in particular, then I think that can get a degree of granularity. So there's some people that, like... They, they know my entire sort of salary history and that's fine. Um, but the reason, the reason and, and some people who know maybe broad ranges and so on, but the reason I think that's important isn't because people should just know everything about you. I don't like subscribe to this kind of like this idea of friendship that actually means you need to know every detail of my life. I don't think that's actually true. But the reason why I think it's helpful for people to know um, is because it helps you to, to be accountable, right? So if you start with the fundamental premise that God gives us all that we have, um, then all, all all the money you earn really is just a steward of it's not. So, and if you've been given it really in one sense, if you've been given it, why do you boast about it? It's not nothing to boast about, um, it's just what God is giving you to steward. And just as we steward our time, we steward our gifts, we steward, yeah, just as we, st- we steward our money, and we need help in doing that. In the same way we've had this conversation around how we're stewarding our time and what we're doing with the free time, Is the same way we need to have conversations around how we steward our money, like what are we giving, what are we doing with it, where is it going? Because um, fundamentally on the day of judgment, I think that's, that's, a, that's something that we'll have to give account for. Like, what is money? Where did it go? Like, and and does your money mm. communicate something? Um, yeah. And if it does communicate something, what does what does it communicate? Does it communicate that your heart was after money and what it brings, or does it communicate that your heart was after God and use your money as a facilitator of chasing God more? I don't. I, I guess those are some thoughts that come to mind. Um, so, mm. for, my my Sing question it. to you guys I have a is: I have a question to you. Quickly <laughs> Shoot.
2: Though. You mentioned the stewardship aspect. How does that happen practically? So you've mentioned that there's people that are close to you that know kind of the bracket in which and how much you earn the range or so forth so how how do they practically and how would you say for someone that you that let's say you i'm assuming you know some brothers or sisters who you know how much they earn how do you practically um keep them accountable as they steward their money
1: yeah cool good question um so two things. I, f- I think, firstly, there is the day to day, and then there is the specific and focus. So the day to day, um, what I'm interested in, in respect of conversations with with friends, and um, and i, and, I I'm, and they're doing the same to me, is what is my language around money communicating. Um, so so if I'm if I'm if I'm if if someone's speaking to me and they're speaking in such a way as to, and this is one of the big temptations of money, they're speaking in such a way as to communicate that they're beginning to believe that the amount of money they earn and have is indication of their value and worth. I'm going to be wanting to try to correct that in how I speak to them and vice versa. I would expect to be corrected. Mm. Now, how that comes okay. about depends on like how it goes. So if someone's really like a brash personality and they're like, yo man, I, I've got this much blah, 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 then you're going to, your, your energy is going to be a bit more like, bro, like keep it in check like it's just money if it's someone else who maybe is more of a calm person and maybe more like serene and they're they're talking about that in that particular way you might want to encourage them in a different way where you're where you're trying to remind them again that they are just merely stewards of this so that's the kind of like granular what does the language seem to communicate then on the so that's the day-to-day on the granular like really specific like sometimes you just ask you know sometimes just ask like oh like okay so what are you you doing with your money like where's it going and sometimes my friends just ask me that as well. And I think that's like, I think sometimes there's a bit of a, sh- when I know that I'm not doing well, is when that question comes to me and I have a bit of a kind of like a defensive inclination and I'm kind of like, um, um and, and, um, like if that, if that happens, it's probably inclination that i am not been using my money well at that moment in time. Right. Um, Okay. But yeah, it's just, it's just being honest about that. I think that's, I think it's, I, th- I think that doesn't mean like I need to tell, like, let's say like Mary was my best friend in the world. If I don't need, and Mary asked me that question. I don't need to tell Mary, Mary, you know what? Last month I gave one, uh, one but I don't need to tell you the number in that sense, but it's, okay. it's a fair, it's fair game for Mary. Yeah. To say, oh bro, like how, what, what are you doing with your money? Where's it going? And I should be able to communicate what I'm giving my money towards.
2: Yeah, that's good. That's good. No, I I, I agree with you. I, I think the temptation is that we derive so much of our value and self-worth from our salaries, um, depending on what circles we're in, the, the desire and the aim to attain X amount and, and you know, be a high earner is, is very desirous for a lot of Christians. And there's nothing wrong with that. But sometimes it's like when I hit that mm. amount of income, now I can actually say I'm someone. Um, and as a Christian, we have to fight against that because we know that 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 is is that's that's not what we're we're called to do. We're not called to um make so much make our whole hope from money. Like God is the one that that gives us money, and that we are to use those those money in a way that honors Him and makes much of Him. Um, not so that we would boast in self, but that we would boast in the Lord who gives good gifts from above so no i agree and i I think being able to be transparent with one another and being open with one another allows and gives us opportunities to ensure that we are giving to the lord that we are doing as much as we can to 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 honor him in in all things um and that's not just always to the church that's to our to our families to our communities to those who are in need Mm. um so no i i agree with you i agree with you that that sometimes i think transparency and, and being open with those who are in close fellowship with us is beneficial in ensuring that we are not making an idol of money like I remember there was a period where I wasn't really saving much like I was very like bad with money and then I kind of went to the opposite extreme where I became very like not I don't want to say miserly but I was just so like specifically and very pernickety with money and I had to be challenged by someone and saying like what what do you mean you wouldn't give to that sister if they came to you and and asked with a, a, a need that was direct and i was almost struggling in my heart because i had like a self uh, a savings target and that was a great challenge for me to not be so tight-fisted with money but mm. to ensure that i i love the lord and, and i do that by giving um in in specific times and mm. and when a need is is direct gabby what do you think
0: yeah it's interesting just just hearing the conversation i think i think is probably one of the one of the things around which there's probably quite a lot of shame I think like we live in, if we are living in London or we're just millennials like you expect to have you know everyone's trying to get on the housing ladder at some point with your shared ownership or whatever your thing that's like and you know you should be saving and you know that your friends are earning this and then um I think people can feel a lot of shame around a how much they earn and then b like what they've done with what they've earned um and like yeah. you, you, know, you should have uh, you should have saved this by this age, and you should have saved that by that age. And then I think a lot of friends that I have that are like dating, kind of thinking about talking to their partners about how much they earn and how much they've saved, and the kind of disparities that might be in that. It can be a real, a real source of shame. Um, but I think it, it, it actually is a real call to um, to trust in the Lord, um, and trust that the Lord. Um, yeah, it's tricky because you again you don't want to tip over into a prosperity gospel. But even for those that are listening to the podcast and, and don't earn money like that, yeah, there can just be a lot of shame. And I think it's it is it's it's quite revealing about how much that is it is tied to our identity and how we consider ourselves and how well we've played our hand in life. And it can be, yeah, very um, yeah, difficult thing to talk about. Um I think yeah, when I think about conversations, it's it's almost almost taboo it's almost taboo conversations having friends, um, kind of how much you're earning, how much you're saving, um, and what you're doing with your money, because it can be like, oh, you've got that much, so you you earn that much, and then yeah, you you feel kind of like you played your hand badly, um, yeah, we want we want to steward our money while and. And know that there's... And, for, and Yeah, where we have not stewarded our, stewarded our money well. And where we've actually used it in simple ways that like don't bring God glory. Like, um, yeah, that that's actually something that you can repent of and trust that there is forgiveness for. And it feels like a weird thing to repent of, like spending your money in ungodly ways. That's it feels like a weird thing to repent of. But I think, yeah, it's something that we yeah it's it, um, our financial lives aren't outside the scope of the things that we should be seeking um sanctification in uh yeah so some yeah and, and i'm repenting for and trusting the lord for forgiveness for because mothers are embarrassed and ashamed about kind of our financial situation and histories um especially in this side hustle double hustle every hustle kind of scene <laughs> that we're in at the moment activity gang um, oh lord get a so then bag then look, gang get get your bag get your mum's bag catch your <laughs> uncle's bag, your you in bag. That, gang. i'm taking everybody's bag <laughs> yeah and then we look at our parents and what age they what age they brought their houses and there can be a lot of pressures on how we
2: yeah
0: how we think about money and and what we expect of ourselves what we'd hope for ourselves and how kind of economic and personal factors have gone and knowing that those things are on the outside of the scope of the things that you can bring to the lord and things that you if that, that burden you and sometimes even there's guilt around you can bring those to the Lord
2: yeah I mean money's money's a blessing and and we, and we and money's you know so it's a good thing in in the right in the right context we can you know we can provide we can buy stuff um we can mm-hmm. help others um we can enjoy of, of the blessings he gives but of course we we know that money can't be our ultimate identity that you know mm-hmm. when we get our our pay slip that's not when we say oh look at me um but we know our 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 identity comes in the Lord. Like Kingsley, what what kind of um like when you're thinking about money, like what kind of principles do you think as, as Christians we should have in mind and things that we should be wrestling against? And how would you, in this period where there's so much uncertainty around like future money and how that will work, like what what things should be we, we kind of be wrestling in during this period? <clears throat>
1: um, Mary, Mary, thank you for that for that wonderful question and for directing at me. Um it's a good question <laughs> so, um okay so so first things first um we actually have um an article on the blackbria website which you can check out which discusses this idea of serving god with our money um which was Black. written by uh fifth coca um so search 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 articles and search um look for serving god with money and, and there's a bit more of an in-depth um theology on that i think I think in terms of um, things to consider, um, Let what can I do? Uh, it's a hard one. Okay, I'll, Mary, give me a number from one to ten. Seven. Okay, I'm going to give seven principles. Cool. Um, and and wow. I'm going to wow. give only one line. Right? Yeah.
2: <laughs> Pastor! <laughs> yeah, Gabby, get, get that offering baskets ready. Get offering baskets ready. <laughs> but,
1: but, but Mary, is it notable that you chose like seven, which is, I think, is the like the number of perfection or completion? Is it, mm. Was that like,
0: was one, man,
1: But yeah, I think first things first, um, believers should give humbly knowing that all that we have is from God um and that's that sense that we get throughout all of the scriptures right that that god is the creator of all things and anything we have comes from his his gracious hand and that's what james tells us in james one where he's talking about you know every good gift comes from the father of lights and i think that's something to to start off with um then when we're thinking about giving i think we need to be thinking about giving regularly um as a and so seeing it as actually as a, a godly discipline um so i think it's first corinthians chapter 16 paul is um speaking to the church at Corinth and he's talking about um on the first day of every week each of you used to to take some, some something aside and store it up so there's this sense that giving was a regular discipline that took place in the New Testament church and I think it's something that should permeate believers now when we're thinking about giving it should be regular um but then th- then we should also be people who who are, I think, people who, so number three, we should be people who recognize that we're meant to give proportionally. And I think this speaks to one of Gabby's points around sort of like shame and so on. Like sometimes people, are oh, I don't have that much, or um, I have, yeah, and there's concerns around all of that. Um, the Lord doesn't need our money, I think. And that comes from the first point. So the Lord doesn't need our money. And so the opportunity to give is an opportunity to be co-laborers with the Lord in the work of the gospel. Um, and so when we're giving our money, we should give in proportion to what we have. The Lord knows what he's given us. He, the Lord knows what he's given us to steward. Um, and that's why there was a commendation for the woman who put in um, the small amount of money she had at the well, I believe it was. It wasn't that the amount was significant, but it was the heart behind the amount. Um, another principle principle four uh, and yet at the same time we're meant to give sacrificially right so we're meant to give sacrificially because christ was sacrificially given for us so you have that passage again second uh, corinthians chapter eight um you know the grace of our lord jesus christ that though he was rich for our sakes he became poor that um through his poverty we might become rich christ christ gave himself for us and so in the same way we should be those who give um sacrificially for our brothers. Um then give give generously. Know that you can't outgive God. I know I want to be careful here because I know that this kind of concept has been distorted in I, in I
2: heard that <laughs> so many
1: times growing up in, in I many love places. It. <laughs> but but we want to we want to be yeah, we want to be generous in what we give because I think our generosity and our freeness to give away money is indication of what we believe about money, right? So if if I'm miserly and I'm tight and I'm i can't give my money away it's probably indication that i worry that actually i'm in control of my money and if i don't provide for myself no one will but if we're able to give freely not unwisely but freely and generously and sh- in a way that stretches ourselves it shows what we value and it also shows that we trust god to provide um and then i think i'm on like what well, i think i'm on like six is that is this is number six um hopefully um, i think um, that was
2: your fifth one bro that was your, fifth. So was that your fourth or fifth one
1: so let's say fifth, so I only have two more to do.
2: Okay. No, you have three more to do. You have three more to do. Five, six, seven.
1: Um, give joyfully, right? Give joyfully. Um, God loves a cheerful giver. So when we're giving, again, it's not God is concerned about the heart. He's not concerned merely about the action. So when we're giving, we should be giving as those were given. Um, Yeah, cheerfully, each one must give as he has decided in his heart. Not reluctantly, not under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Um ooh
2: number six now gabby help him please
1: no we we could go we could go believers should give um (laughs) we should give as an act of worship right we should give we should give our money as an act of worship um recognizing that the opportunity to give is the opportunity to demonstrate that um god is our lord and money isn't um so that's another thing that should be permeating our giving um and then we should give yeah i guess a, a simple one but romans 14 uh 23 um what doesn't proceed from faith is sin so we should give um in faith um so when people are talking mm-hmm. about numbers and so on but we need to be those who when we're giving we have faith in that and then a final one um that i would say is we should give to the church and we should give to members of the church right so when i say mm-hmm. to the church that's given to like the church corporate um in, in that sort of like giving offering in that sense and that's because Um, there are there are certain needs that take place in the church that not everyone will know about but potentially um, the elders and the deacons will and so they we trust them to be able to disseminate that money to the wider need but also if you have someone who's on staff at a church let's say Gabby uh, the money that's um, in some sense would be taken in by the congregation would help to support that person who is on staff at a church and again the point is that the worker is deserving um, of their wages but then also you want to give to members of the church, because there's opportunities where we can do good, especially to um, those of the household of faith. And there's that passage in first John, and I'm going to finish with this first John chapter three, where John is like giving us a theology of like laying our lives down for a for one another and and demonstrating what love looks like. Um, and it's really like high and mighty like theology. And he's talking about like Christ giving himself and that kind of love. And then in the next verse in like verse 18, he brings it right down to the ground, like to the everyday. And he goes, so, so now I've told you that if any of you, like you see one of your brothers in need, like you have earthly possessions and you see your brother in need, like, how can how can you like claim to love them if you don't give it to them, right? And I think that's the sense of like when there's opportunity to uniquely, a demonstration of our love can be in meeting particular needs that um, God in His providence orchestrates for us to see. And those are my seven principles.
0: Amen. Hallelujah. That was really good, Kingsley. Kingsley, sorry,
2: did you have this? Was this pre-prepared or this is the, this? Must a hundred percent. Hun- no, but it's, it's no, it wasn't pre-prepared. It so must have been. No,
1: I... if... Kingsley, have you got notes written down? Tell the truth. I'm, you know, I don't have notes written down. Um, our our um, our pastor is preaching on this subject tomorrow. So I've been doing I've been doing wider reading. No, I don't know it's sermon, but I've been doing wider no. reading around the topic so I can I can benefit from it better. Come and see diligence,
0: wow!
1: Be, Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. No, he's read oh, no, okay if that's cheating mary i've cheated
2: no no you haven't cheated you haven't cheated no you haven't cheated. no that was that was that was really good um and i think that they're, they're helpful principles for us to, to use because i think i think money and the, the desire to gain money comes with so much temptation of course it it's it's the scriptures that say mm. that you know for the love of money is the root of all evil so it's, it's no that i said that correctly right yeah, I did. Um and then I think the yes. next verse talks about um verse for you, like flee those things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, mm-hmm. um, steadfastness, goodness, um, gentleness. So I think money is always gonna be something that's gonna be a constant challenge. And mm-hmm. I think those principles are so helpful in really reorientating our minds mm-hmm. um and knowing that it's God that gives and, and we give out of a <laughs> love for him mm-hmm. back to him. Sorry, I'm just know? I'm just
0: thinking, um, um, the Yannick, uh, the pastor, talk about this, Janet always gives this example, like, just, just the, the degree to which, um, money is tied in with, like, how secure we feel, like, the day that you get paid, and you leave your house, you walk strong, like, you're ready to buy everything, you're ready to go to prep for lunch, really do what you want to do, you walk out the house confident, if anything happens, the Uber breaks down, you can jump in, That you can, you can sort yourself out, you can take care of yourself, the day before payday, and your and there's and the space seven pence in your bank account. God forbid that's an portion, but sometimes that, that's how likely happens. <laughs> <laughs> um, the <there's> of <27 laughs> seven pence in your bank account. You walk out of the house careful. I'm like, only gonna pay seven pence. And like, you, you're mindful of everything. You 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 feel very exposed, very fragile, you feel very vulnerable, um, you feel very insecure because the number in your bank account is different. And to some degree, understandably, but it's just such a such a, a visible, felt um example of how much, how much um yeah the, the the amount of money that we have is tied to how secure we feel. The reality is that on both days, God was sovereign. On both days, for the, for the Christian, God was your father. On both days, on mm. um, both days, you had a community that, if God willing, that like if you needed, you could you could call someone and say, bro. Sometimes ten pound would help. You know, if you needed a church family, um. But yeah, but the money not in our bank definitely can affect how how secure we feel, um, and therefore is revealing of where our security is found. Um, yeah,
2: it's, it's a means, but it's not it's not the end, isn't it? It's mm. we can use money, but we use it to the glory of God. So, mm. no, that, that was a really good episode, guys. I really enjoyed. it. I've learned so much. I've, I've taken Kingsley. How can you be
0: doing commentary on your own episode? This was a really <laughs>
2: good. <episode>. <laughs> <laughs> <was like> <laughs> I King- mean there were like eight <laughs> principles that like Kingsley said and I I, I noted a few of them down so no I I really enjoyed it. It's been good catching up with you, man, as well, during lockdown, lockdown life. <laughs> Are we good to end yeah, there?
1: Facts. Oh, facts. Um sweet, I I guess we can't. Gabby, that's yeah. that's definitely staying in, you know. What's staying in? That whole section,
0: that
1: was, that was, that's a fantastic fantastic. that is staying in, it has to be. No,
0: sorry, sorry, (laughs) sorry, sorry, sorry. I will be objecting, and reporting any content I see to the appropriate authorities. (laughs) Report it to whoever, report it to Instagram, I'm going to report it in the content if I see
1: it, thank you. Anyway guys, that that was, that was (laughs) BlackBria.
2: You Bye.